everyone and welcome to the Intrepid English Podcast. I'm Lorraine and in today's episode I'm talking to the newest Intrepid English teacher, Kim. We chat about her experience of travelling and teaching English and what it's like to live in the French Alps. Check out the episode notes for links to all of the recommendations from Kim and I. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi Kim, thanks for joining us today. Hi Lorraine, it's nice to speak to you. How are you today? Wonderful, thank you. Um, it's great to, to sit down with our new teachers and get to know them a little bit. So if you could start by introducing yourself to everyone, that would be great. Yes, of course. Um, I'm Kim. I'm from a small town in Warwickshire, England, and I've been teaching for a few years now. I currently live in France, where I have spent most of my adult life. And I live in a small alpine village close to Geneva. Okay, fabulous. What what made you move to France? Uh, so I've always loved uh, French culture, um, particularly the language. I very much enjoy the food and its unique regions. You have mountains, countryside and the sea all in one country. And I fell in love with France when I visited on a school trip. I seemed to pick up French quite easily when I was at school and I then just continued my studies further at university and then eventually I moved to France where I continue my English teaching and I also teach yoga. Fantastic. Have you been living in France for a while? Uh, yes, actually. So I have lived in France on and off for the last five years. I've spent uh, quite a few years traveling, uh, exploring new countries, and I decided to move back to France last year. Fantastic. And what did you study at university? Uh, so I studied French as a modern language. Wonderful. Do you think that informs your, your teaching of English? I think it definitely helps me to understand uh, grammar rules and to also be able to um, communicate with my students and teach in a way that they will understand. Wonderful. Do you have a particular age group that you really enjoy teaching English to? Uh, so at the moment, I'm really enjoying working with children of ages four and five. I think it's a wonderful thing being able to introduce them to the language uh, in a very playful way, being able to read stories and sing songs. Fantastic. So you mentioned that you've, you've done a little bit of travelling as well. Um, which countries have you visited or lived in? Yes, yeah, so I have uh, visited quite a few countries in the last three years. I've spent some time living and working in Canada, in New Zealand, Australia and Austria. I've also visited parts of Asia too. So you certainly caught the travel bug then. Yeah. That's, that's something you've got in common with all of the intrepid English teachers. We've all lived and worked in various different countries and I think it really informs the way that we teach English. Would you like to tell us about your experience of, of travelling and living abroad? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, through travelling, I've had lots of great experiences. Um, I've also had some, some little fails too when learning the language. And um, it's, it's always part of the actual learning experience. And so, you know, whenever I'm trying to uh, learn a new language or visit a new country, I very much just try and take my time 
try and practice the new language itself and just remember that you know it's always a new opportunity to meet new people and discover something new about the place you're visiting or the culture. I think that when you when you've learned at least one other language and especially when you've had a few little fails here and there it really helps you to be understanding and patient with your English students. Have you had that experience? Yes I certainly have. Um, I can really empathize with anybody learning a language and just very much draw back to my own experience when I was first learning to speak French for example and it wasn't coming naturally for me in the beginning and I very much just remembered uh, not to feel disheartened to you know just put yourself out there and take risks with the language and just remind yourself of your achievements so far and continue to practice. I always think that if I'm unsure of something, then I'll perhaps write it down. And, you know, if it's not sinking in first time when I'm trying to practice it or learn something new, then I'll maybe go back to it, you know, make a cup of tea or something and and then just go back to it later or even ask um, others for advice or help or approach somebody in in the role of a teacher and just ask if they can explain the language in another way. Uh, it might be a better way of me actually uh, absorbing or, or learning that new grammar point or, you know, some part of the language. I think that's the most British strategy I've ever heard. Uh, if you're not getting it straight away, go and make a cup of tea <laughs> and then come back to it later. The tea normally helps. <laughs> tea always helps. You know, when we're learning something, we don't always understand everything straight away. It's okay to have some areas which don't click immediately um, and you you can just go back to them and take your time. But I find that those are the areas that are so satisfying when they finally click because you've been working hard on them for a while. Uh, normally a grammar, a grammar rule or something that's quite complicated and you find yourself using it correctly in the conversation and you think, yes, it was worth all of that effort. Yes, definitely. Uh, that's something I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Yes, if it's a tricky grammar point or pronunciation, then yeah, you, there are always those aha moments when the language really clicks and sinks in. And uh, that's ha- that's when you can sit and realise how far you have come from the beginning of your, uh, your language journey. Yeah, exactly. I had a student yesterday um, who has been with me since the beginning of the year um, as a, a, a beginner. And um, she had a conversation with me yesterday for almost half an hour. (laughs) And um, yeah, the joy on her face was just incredible. So um, I think it's certainly worth taking the time and making the effort. Yes, absolutely. It's practice, patience and perseverance. (laughs) The three Ps. Have you got any other really good pieces of advice for our listeners? I think when um, starting out with a new language or improving your language skills, um, I think it would be a good thing to bring in some extra resources, you know, maybe watch some YouTube videos or a TV program or documentary uh, in the language that you're learning, perhaps even tuning into online radio stations, uh, just really hearing the language from as many channels as possible. Can you recommend any um, podcasts or TV shows? Um, well, I really enjoy um, nature documentaries personally, and uh, there are some great nature documentaries via the BBC. And through that, you can tune into some of David Attenborough's work. Uh, is great. He has a really brilliant way of speaking, 
and really pronounces his words properly and uh, the cinematography in the actual documentaries is um, is excellent so that would be one of my top suggestions for for watching absolutely david attenborough has the most beautiful voice doesn't he if students model their pronunciation on David Attenborough, that's the ideal, <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, the other suggestion would be to tune into uh, radio stations. Online you can find many um, radio stations in English to follow and through those radio stations you can really get a sense of what's happening in the country, uh, the news and feel a bit more connected with the country that you're, you're, you're learning the language of. Absolutely. And the, the BBC, it has the World Service as well, which you can uh, access from anywhere. But um, if the BBC isn't your kind of thing, then they, there are so many radio stations online. They're a really, really good source of knowledge. And generally, there are combinations of different accents in each uh, episode. For example... You know, you can have an American English host uh, with British English guests, you know. So I, I recommend to my students to find a radio station or a podcast that focuses on an area that they're really interested in. Um, and by listening to it in English, it adds that extra motivation because they're already interested in that topic matter, whether it's politics or languages or anything, really. Um, but by focusing on a topic that the student is already interested in, they're bound yeah. to know a lot of the vocabulary already. Yeah, it's it's less like hard work and more enjoyable, I think. I think that's a very good point, actually. Okay, anything else you want to add before we go then, Kim? Uh, yes, thanks for your time, Lorraine. It was great speaking with you. And um, to anyone listening there, I, am, I hope to see you in the classroom very soon. Thank you so much, Kim. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Kim, just click on the link in the episode notes and check out her Intrepid English Teacher profile page. She'd love to hear from you and you can also book a free trial lesson with Kim to talk about how she can help you to improve your English. If you have any requests for future podcast topics, please feel free to get in touch. Whatever you're working on right now in English, we can help. Thanks for listening and speak to you again soon.